This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. For the next three sessions... I'm going to be talking about the three major segments of a contracting business. It doesn't matter whether you're a heating contractor, a pool and spa contractor, a generator company, an electrical company, a plumbing company, and even a lawn care company. There are three major segments of business. And for all three to work really well together, there are some tips and some things that you can do to help them grow seamlessly. So today we're going to start with what I consider the most important part of any contracting business, and that's maintenance. In terms outside of our industry, it's called recurring revenue. And we can also think of it as recurring revenue. But the reality is, is the most important thing that you do as a contractor is build your maintenance department. And in the beginning, it's not going to be a department. It's just going to be part of your service department. But it's the number of maintenance agreements grows, whether it's residential or commercial or both. Then you're going to have specific people who only do maintenance. And then it becomes a maintenance department separate and apart from your service department. So today we're going to talk a lot about maintenance and all of the things that you need to do to build your maintenance program. The reality of the situation is that maintenance builds trust with the customer. And if a customer trusts you, they'll buy from you. If a customer trusts you, they'll read your marketing message. If a customer trusts you, they'll probably buy more from you. They'll listen to your offers. They'll pay attention to what you tell them. And most important, they generally refer. So you'll get customers as a result of doing really, really good job for your maintenance customers. This is not to say that you won't get referrals if you do a great job for service or a great job for replacement, but let's let's start with maintenance. And if we take a circle and you just visualize a pie for all intents and purposes, and at 12 o'clock on the pie or 12 o'clock on the circle is maintenance. And then if we go down to about four o'clock on the right, that is replacements or projects or, you know, larger jobs. And at about eight o'clock on the left is service. And that's the work that you do to repair the things that you're repairing. So today we're going to go to the top of the clock. We're going to the 12 o'clock part of the clock. And we're going to talk about maintenance. So maintenance, for all intents and purposes should be the thing that you think about day and night. And I know most of you think about payroll and making sure you have money in the bank to take care of all of your bills and your vendors. And, and some of you worry about getting checks in for large commercial projects and things like that. The more maintenance agreement customers that you have, the less seasonality of your company you will have, the more even cash flow of your company you will have. So think about maintenance. Everybody in your company should think about maintenance. And I know there are some of your team members who absolutely hate doing maintenance because it's, quote, unquote, beneath them. 
And I see this over and over again. They seem to forget that the maintenance clients are the ones who write their paychecks. They're the ones who pay your bills on a long-term basis. So maintenance is the most important thing that you do. It's also a good career path for younger technicians who want to get into the business and grow. And it's older technicians, quite frankly, most of them hate doing maintenance. They, they've done it. They're over it. They want to do more challenging things. And if there's enough work as a result of maintenance, then guess what? There will be more work for them to do. Never ever forget that maintenance is the most important thing that you do, and all of your employees should know it. All right. So once we get that established in your companies, and sometimes it takes a while to do it, the key is, all right, how do I grow your grow my maintenance? And the reality is that all of you have a lot of customers. And the rule of thumb and the research that I've done shows that about 30% of homeowners will invest in a maintenance plan. So that's generally one out of three. So every time you ask three people if they'd be interested in joining your maintenance program, one of those three should say yes. If you get really good at it, one out of two or maybe 70% will actually say yes after a period of time. It doesn't mean that all 70% will say yes immediately. Some of them need to think about it. Some of them will after the second or third time you ask, say yes, but always ask the question. You're going to get more no's than you get yeses. So how do you ask the question? It really depends. If you're residential and you, somebody's calling you and they're not a customer, i.e. they've never used you before, Mrs. Jones, I noticed that you haven't used our company before, or have you used our company before? It's a better way to ask the question. And she'll say no. And I said, terrific. Thank you for calling. How did you find out about us? And she'll say a Google search, or I saw your truck or something along those lines. And you'll say, terrific. Would you be interested in saving 10% or 15% or whatever your percentage discount is off your maintenance? Um, so would you be interested in, say, in saving 15% on your, on your call today? And of course, the answer is going to be yes. And if she says no, then you don't even bother to answer it. She's just pulling your leg for the most part. But the reality is, is most people say yes. Well, how do I do that? Or, well, of course, yes. Or, you know, something along my lines like that in their voice. And two options. Option number one is that the people on the phone can help them enroll in maintenance. Option number two is the service technicians help them enroll in maintenance. Either is fine. It's your choice for your company. My personal preference is give the field personnel the first choice and the first option and then have the people in the office set it up for the field personnel. And so how do you do that? Well, Mrs. Jones, we have a maintenance program that helps you save money on this call and also helps you write the lowest possible checks to the utility companies. Now, those are the benefits for something that's heating and air or plumbing, and you'll have to come up with other benefits if it's pool and spa or generators or something along those lines. And <clears throat> going back to the heating and air, you'll write the lowest possible checks to the utility company. The service check will explain it to you when he gets out there. And then you set up the call. 
So the bug is put in Mrs. Jones's ear, and she's starting to think about it. So the tech has to talk about it. So that's the way that I normally do it for residential. For commercial, I generally don't mention that on the phone, but when the techs go to a call to a new customer, they can say, by the way, who does your maintenance? And dead silence is what happens if somebody's not doing maintenance. And then the tech can say, well, you know, maintenance will help you save money on utility bills or whatever the the call to action is and the, and the best benefit. I can have someone talk to you about it and we can do a survey and I can look over your equipment while I'm here. Is that okay? So the techs are perfectly capable of looking over the equipment and finding out what good shape they are. Um, and there's a little form that they can use. And if you'd like the form, just send me an email or call our office and we're happy to send it to you. And then they can fill it out and then somebody can follow up and they know what the equipment is. They know the shape of the equipment. They know the filter sizes. They know the belt sizes, et cetera. Now, you're saying, wait a minute, this tech is supposed to be out fixing stuff. Yeah. Well, guess what? It won't take them more than five or 10 minutes to write this information down. It's not a whole lot unless the building is an entire building with 50 units on a roof. Generally, that doesn't happen. So that's how I go about starting the maintenance process for both residential and commercial. When we get back, I'll give you some more hints of increasing your maintenance program. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when the service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's Ruth King at HVACchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the rubber duck, dives into financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, I gave you how I start the process for maintenance, which is the most important thing that you do as a contracting company. And maintenance is critical because it builds trust, number one. It gives you more work throughout the year because more maintenance means more service and more replacements. And we'll talk about service next time and talk about replacement in a couple of weeks and things that you can do from that perspective. But I wanted to start with maintenance because it is the most important thing that you do. So I gave you the the question to ask maintenance customers for residential and the questions that your service technicians should ask from a commercial perspective. Then, you know, once you get into this, then you're in a situation where you can start. I'm going to talk about residential first. So let me let me start there from a residential perspective. Then once the technician goes to the home, the customer's already gotten into 
her head that, you know, maintenance can help me save money on this call, uh, and the tech doesn't bring it up, then I'm going to ask the question. So this really forces the technicians to talk about it. And before they do that, one of the things that I strongly suggest is that every single service technician, whether you're residential or commercial, has a maintenance agreement on their home. All right. Now, many of the techs go, oh, I do it myself or whatever else it is. No, this becomes an employee benefit. That means that you send John to do George's home, George to do Steve's home, Steve's to do John's home if you have three techs. And I promise you these will be the best maintenances that ever are done, simply because when John gets home, he's going to run and look at his equipment and make sure George did a good job. George wouldn't dare not do a good job because he'd be harassed and kidded and made fun of the next day, you know, sometimes publicly. That's not what we want. And he knows that because he knows somebody's going to be checking his work. So as an employee benefit, everybody Every field technician should have a maintenance done on their home because they can actually talk to the customers about it. Dispatchers should also have maintenance done or anybody who has um, contact with the customer to talk about maintenance really and truly needs to see the maintenance process because they can talk to the customer. You know, I have maintenance done on my home. I didn't believe it either, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... That is the very first thing that should happen because if the technicians see that it's done and the technicians see that they're paying lower utility bills, then guess what? They'll be more apt to talk to the customers about it. You know, they can say, well, look, you know, I didn't believe it either, but um, it actually happened. I, we have maintenance done on my home. And then I found out that the utilities are, are lower simply because maintenance is done at my home. And that's the best way to do it. So make sure that everybody does maintenance on everybody else's home. Now, if they if the customer says to you, whether it's residential or commercial, prove to me that maintenance works. And you can go, okay. This happened and I'll tell you the story. One of my oldest clients had a service technician and he went to the owner and he said, can I borrow some coil cleaner? And, and the owner said, yeah, Larry. The owner's name was Larry. And Larry said, yes, this technician had five kids who had to go back to school and they needed clothes and they needed shoes and they needed school supplies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what the technician did, he was motivated because Larry paid $10 for each new maintenance agreement that was enrolled. And so he said, I'm going to make enough money for my kids to go back to school. And he was motivated to do it. So he borrowed the coil cleaner and he knocked on his neighbor's door and said, would you like to save some money on your utility bills, which is the question that we asked for dispatch. And of course, the customer said, yeah. And he says, can I show you something? And so they went out to the back and he took an amp draw off the condenser fan motor and explained to the customer what was going on, you know, and how the, the motor uses electricity and what amps really meant. And so then he had the customer watch him clean the unit, which he did. He let it dry. And he took another amp draw against the condenser fan motor and it went down. And so the customer visually saw that maintenance saved money. He enrolled one, went to his neighbor's neighbors, knocked on that door. Same thing happened. 123 maintenance agreements later. That's how many he enrolled in one month. It's the most I've ever seen. So don't tell me it can't happen. 
And so you think, okay, that's residential. Will this work for commercial? And I said, you know, I know it does. So I was working with a brand new service manager who was outside the HVAC industry and who had just come. And I was explaining this and he used an expletive that I will not use. And I said, okay, let's prove it. And so I shanghaied one of the service technicians, got on the roof, pulled the cover off of the package unit, condenser fan motor, took an amp draw, cleaned it, amp draw, and it went down. So, I mean, it works on commercial just as well as it works on residential. All right. So that's proof to the customer. And whether it's residential or commercial, the customer could see or should see that it does actually save the money because seeing is believing and they will write a check or give you a credit card or something along those lines if they actually see it and believe it. So the idea is to enroll as many maintenances as you possibly can. And the question is, well, how many can I enroll in a year? If you're starting at zero, if you get to 100 your first year, you're doing great. The answer is, how many service calls do you have that are non-maintenance customers? Remember I said that about 30% of the population will enroll in a maintenance agreement. So if you have 1,000 service calls that are not maintenance agreement customers, then you should enroll about 330 new maintenance agreements, all right? So that's how you can actually see how you can grow is how many customers do you have, how many service calls do you have for non-maintenance agreement customers and divided by three. That's residentially. For commercial, it's it's much harder to do it from a commercial perspective and it also takes a a salesperson to do it, not a tech that can do it or an office person who can do it. It's somebody who's actually going out, looking at the equipment and, and actually uses it as a selling role. And that generally, if you enroll two new ones, 50 new ones a year, two surveys a week is generally where I see it. So if you want a whole program to do this, I have a program for residential maintenance growth and I have a program for commercial maintenance growth. Just contact me or, or go to the website and all the information is there to enroll in the program. It's online. You can start when you want and it helps you grow maintenance agreements for your entire year. All right. So that's the maintenance and that is the most critical thing that we do. So it's at the top of the pie or the top of the clock. So it's at 12 o'clock. Next time when we get together, we're going to go to eight o'clock, which is your service. And I'm going to talk about some things you can do from a service perspective to help to help you build your profitability with respect to service. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.